Masech Nidal Perak Hamish Nagimel until Perak Hamish Nevolve. The next three Mishnayas talk about the minimum age a boy or a girl needs to be for particular halachic ramifications that might apply. Beginning with the focus of our Masechta, Tinoikas Basim Echod Mitam Obenido, the Mishnah tells us that a baby girl who is one day old can become Tome as a Nido. Although this is an extremely unlikely occurrence, if blood does exit her body, not as a result of a wound or anything, then we would attribute it to blood coming out of her womb and her becoming Tome as a nidah. And it follows automatically that Bas Asara Yomim Mitama Beziva, if she is 10 days old, then she can become Tome as a Zova, a major Zova who is somebody who, from whom blood exits her womb for three consecutive days, and that always needs to be after a period of seven days of being a nidah. So if blood exited her womb already from the first day of her life, so she would be Tommy for seven days, and then for three consecutive days, day eight, day nine, and day ten, if blood exits her womb, she would become a zova kadoila, a major zova, when she is only ten years old. Tinoik Benyam Echad, a baby boy who is just one day old, Mitami Beziva, he can also become Tome as a Zov, which is when a particular Zov substance exits his male organ. Or Mitami Benegoim, any baby boy or baby girl who is just one day old can become Tome with Tsara'as, which is a particular skin disease that comes on a person usually as a punishment for something. Over here it's unlikely to be a punishment, but it would still make somebody Tome if it has the features of Tsara'as even though it is just a newborn baby, and they can become Tome from the impurity of a dead body. If they're underneath the same roof as a dead body, they will become Tome, and they would create a Zika for Yibum. What exactly does that mean? If a person dies without children, then there's a mitzvah on the brother of the man who died to marry the widow of the man who died. That man's wife, who is essentially his sister-in-law. If they don't want to, then they can go through a process in Bastin called Chalitza, and that would allow her to marry somebody else. But essentially, there is a mitzvah upon the dead man's brother to to marry the dead man's wife. Now, if the dead man didn't have any brothers except for a newborn baby brother, the dead man's mother had just given birth, the Mishnah says that that mitzvah would apply. So obviously he can't yet fulfill that mitzvah, but it means that she wouldn't be able to remarry until she goes through either Yibam or Chalitza with that brother-in-law who was just born. Likewise, Upoitabina Yibam, a one-day-old child, would also exempt a woman from needing to go through Yibam, meaning if a husband and wife didn't have any children, and then the woman gave birth to a child, and on that same day, her husband died. So we have a situation where there is a a newborn baby and that's the only child that they have the mission is teaching that there would not be an obligation of yibam in that case because at the end of the day they had a child in fact this is even true if that child then dies since at the time that the husband died the child was alive that is enough to exempt her from yibam and even if the child later on dies that will not re-obligate her as well as that, a one-day-old child, a newborn baby, Umachel Batruma, would be able to allow his mother to eat truma. What does that mean? If a Koyen marries a woman who doesn't come from a family of Koyanim. As long as she is married to the Koyen, she is allowed to eat truma, which is the special sanctified food that only Koyanim are allowed to eat. 
Now, once her husband dies, if they didn't have any children, then she would no longer be able to eat truma. However, if there are any surviving children that were born from her with that in that marriage to this Koyen, that allows her to continue eating truma. And the Mishnah teaches that that's true even if the child is just a newborn baby. Now, the same works the other way around. If there is a Yisrael, a male Jew who is not a Koyen, who marries a woman who comes from a family of Koyanim, she's no longer able to eat truma for as long as she's married to this Yisrael husband. Not only that, but if he dies and there is a surviving child from that marriage, that prevents her from eating truma. And that's what the Mishnah says, well, please woman truma. A, even a newborn baby would invalidate her from being able to eat truma. The Neuchel and a newborn baby is able to inherit if one of his parents dies, and Umanchil, he's able to cause somebody else to inherit him. What the Mishnah is coming to say is that if his mother dies on that same day that she gave birth to him, and let's say the her husband has already died and she has no other children... So were it not for this newborn child, so her family would inherit her. But since she had a child, so the child inherits her, and even if that child dies on the same day, now those people who are fitting to inherit him would inherit all of her possessions. So for example, if he has a brother from a different wife, then they would inherit all of those possessions because essentially that newborn baby inherited all of the possessions of the mother, and then when he dies, that goes to his inheritors, and the woman's family wouldn't inherit anything. Alright, next one on the list, the Hurgoy, somebody who kills a newborn baby. Chayev is liable just like if he kills a different human being who is older. And a newborn baby towards his father and mother and all of his relatives is considered to be like a groom. The Mishnah is referring to the laws of mourning when somebody dies. Just like if a groom who's about to get married dies, it's considered to be a very big tragedy. The Mishnah is comparing the newborn baby's death to that to show that even though possibly people are less close to him, he didn't really have a proper life. Nevertheless, all of the regular mourning laws would apply for the relatives of this newborn baby who has died. It should be noted that if it was a premature birth, in which case the death of the child is likely to have been due to that, so then the mourning laws wouldn't necessarily apply, because then it's like a stillborn. The baby was never really destined to survive. But if it was a regular pregnancy and a regular birth, and then the child died even on that same day, the relatives of that child would be obligated to mourn over him in accordance to the regular laws and customs for mourning over any other relative. A girl who is three years old and one day, essentially that means that it's her third birthday, she's lived for three years and one day, there is a halacha lamesh Sinai, a law, a tradition which traces back to Moshe Rabbeinu that he received at Har Sinai, that states that that is the minimum age for which a girl's act of bia, act of having relations, is considered to be a proper act of relations with all the halachic ramifications and significance that that carries, and those ramifications and halachic significance will really be listed in this Mishnah. So the first example is Ms. Kadesh's Babiyar. She can receive Kiddushin via having relations. Kiddushin is the first stage of marriage, 
it's usually done by giving a cert- an item of a certain amount of value to a to the woman, but it can be done via having relations with her. Midrabonon, it might be forbidden, but it does have halachic significance. And if she's at least the age of three years old when she does this, then as long as her father gave consent for this condition to take place, it would be valid. Secondly, the imboleho yovom, if her yovom has relations with her, that means that she was already married and her husband died without having children, which means that there is now an obligation on her husband's brother to marry her, perform yibum. And the way to perform that mitzvah is via having relations. As soon as they have relations, they're considered to be like a regular husband and wife. So the Mishnah says that if her husband's brother has relations with her, then Kana'ah, he would literally acquire her. That means that they would be considered fully married. The ish. If she is married already and she has relations with another man, then the one who had relations with her would be liable to the death penalty for having relations with a married woman. As well as that, if blood exited her womb, she's considered to be a nidah, and if somebody has relations with her, the one who had relations with her will become tome, just like anybody who has relations with a nidah. And the extent of his impurity is such that if he supports his weight on a bed or anything similar to that, whose purpose is to support the weight of a person, even if there are lots of things separating him and that bed, anything that is ultimately underneath him, supporting his weight, will become tome in the same way as something that is directly on top of him becomes tome. And that means that it will be tome on the level of a rishinatoma, which is one degree lower than an avatoma, the primary high level of impurity. This is just a way of describing the level of impurity that somebody who has relations with a nidor has. Continues the mission, and this is the koyain, if a three-year-old girl gets married to a koyain. The second stage of marriage, the first stage of marriage, like we mentioned, is kedushin. The second stage of marriage is called nisuin, and that can only be completed and carried out if it includes having relations. So somebody who is less than three years old cannot go through that stage of nisuin. But if she's at least three years old, then if she is married to a koyen, then tochoba truma, she is allowed to eat truma. This is the food that only koyenim can eat, and a woman who is fully married to a koyen can also eat it. If she's only gone through the stage of kedushin, then she's forbidden to eat truma, but once she goes through the stage of nisuin, then she would be allowed to eat truma. If a invalid person... This refers to somebody who does not have properly pure lineage, for example, a non-Jewish slave, and there are others in that category as well, that if they ever have relations with a woman, after doing that, the woman is forbidden to marry a koyen. But it must have been proper relations. The Mishnah says that if she was at least three years old, then Solomon Akohuna, she would be invalid and forbidden to marry a koyen from that moment onwards. If one of her relatives that the Torah lists as being very severe sins for having relations with a relative, if any of them have relations with her and she's at least three years old, they would be killed by the hands of Bastin as a result of having relations with her. The Hipatura, however, she would be exempt because she is under the age of Bas Mitzvah. She is less than 12 years old, which means that she's not fully responsible for her actions and she cannot be killed or punished. However, the person who had relations with her, since it's considered to be a proper act of relations, so they would be liable for having committed that very severe sin.
Pochis McCain, if she is any less than three years old, she's younger than that, then having relations with her is comparable Kenosin Etz Babo Ayin. It's like somebody who puts their finger into their eye that although it might draw some tears, the effect is not permanent, the tears go away and the eye is left normal. And so too, one who has relations with a girl who is under the age of three years old, the effect that is usually caused by having relations with a woman for the first time will not be permanent in this case, and eventually her body will be like a regular woman who has never had relations, and because of that, this is not considered to be a proper halachically significant act of relations. A boy who is at least the age of nine and one day, that means that it's his ninth birthday, he's just begun his tenth year, this is the minimum age of a boy for his relations to be considered significant. So for a girl, the age is just three years old. For a boy's act of relations to be considered halakhically significant and recognized as a proper act of relations he must be at least the age of nine years old. Now the Mishnah is going to list the halakhic ramifications of such an act performed by a boy. If he has relations with his Yavoma, that is to say his brother died without children, so now he has a mitzvah to marry his dead brother's wife. And the way to perform this mitzvah and to become husband and wife with that widow is by having relations with her. So if he's at least nine years old, assuming that she's at least three years old, Kana'a, he would acquire her, she would become his wife. The Ainunosin get Adshe Yagdil, but he would not be able to give her a get if he decides to divorce her until he grows up to be bar mitzvah when he'll be 13 years old, because until then he does not have a significant, uh, sufficient enough level of understanding to affect legal decisions such as divorcing a woman and therefore they would need to stay married at least until he is of the age of bar mitzvah at 13 years old. It's apparent from the Mishnah that there's no other way other than yibum for a nine-year-old to marry a woman. For a girl, she can be married off by her father even from a very young age. But that concept doesn't exist for a boy, and therefore for a boy to marry a woman regularly, he would need to be at least the age of bar mitzvah, at least 13 years old. It's only with regards to yibum, which is a mitzvah that the Torah places upon him and only requires him to perform an act of relations for it to occur, and we don't need his understanding for that, only in that case would he be able to end up being married from such a young age. He would become Tome if he has relations with a Nidar, to make a bed that is underneath him, even if there's lots of things separating him and the bed, the bed will become Tome, just like something which is directly on top of the Zov becomes Tome on the level of a Rishon Latomar. Upaisel, his act of relations is able to invalidate a woman from being able to marry a coin in the future if it is somebody who would invalidate her from doing so. For example, if he is a non-Jewish slave and he has relations with a Jewish woman, that woman would not be able to marry a coin after doing so. He's not able to allow his wife to eat truma because really it's impossible for him to be properly married, at least on a mid-Oraisa level, even though he can have relations until the age of 13. So even if he does start to live with another woman, perhaps rabbinically we can recognize such a marriage, but it's not a fully-fledged marriage, and therefore she would not be able to eat truma.
if he is a Koyan, and in general the wife of a Koyan can eat Truma, but in this case they're not fully married and therefore she wouldn't be able to eat Truma. If he has relations with an animal, then it's considered to be an act of bestiality. The law sees this as an act of relations, of bestiality, and he would invalidate that animal from being offered as a korban, as a sacrifice, on the Mizbeach, and that animal would be stoned to death as a result of having relations with the man. That is the law in such a case, as long as there are two witnesses to the act. And the last one on the list, if he has relations with any of his relatives that the Torah lists as being very severe prohibitions and capital offences, they would be, the, the woman would be killed as a result of those relations as long as she is above the age of bas mitzvah, above the age of 12. However, the hupotor, he would be exempt since he is not yet responsible for his actions until he reaches the age of 13 years old. There is a very unique law that gives significance to a particular age for one specific scenario, one specific area of law, and that is when one makes a vow. There's a concept of a nader where one can make a vow to prohibit himself from benefiting from a particular item. Another type of vow that has halachic significance is when one makes a vow to donate something to the Beis HaMikdosh. Now, this is a legal act, a legal decision that would generally require one to have full understanding, and in general we assume that that is from the age of bar or bas mitzvah, 13 years old for a boy, 12 years old for a girl. However, it is learned from Psukim that under certain circumstances, already from a year before a boy or girl's bar or bas mitzvah, their nadorim, their vows, might actually be considered valid. A girl who is 11 years old and a day from her 11th birthday, if she makes a vow, then they are checked, they are examined. That means that we ask her, does she understand the concept of a vow? Does she understand that it's something that Hashem obligates her to do? as soon as she makes the vow, and if we see that she has enough understanding, then it would be valid. Once she is 12 years old and a day, she's reached the age of bas mitzvah, then her vows are fully valid, and we don't even examine and check whether she understands the concept or not. And the mission says, we would check her throughout that 12th year. As long as she is 11 years old, every time she makes a vow, we'll check her again to see that she understands or not. That means if, let's say, the first time when she just turned 11, she made a vow and we saw that she didn't understand the concept enough. If she makes a vow later on, a couple of months later, we would examine her again, and if she does understand it this time, then it would be valid. Now the Mishnah states the same for a boy, just that over here it's going to be a year later, just like his bar mitzvah is a year later. Ben a boy who is 12 years old and one day, his vows are examined, we check to see that he understands the concept to a sufficient degree. Then, if once he is 13 years old and a day, his vows are fully valid and we don't even examine him. We would check and examine him throughout the 13th year, even if the first time we found out that he wasn't yet mature enough and he didn't have a sufficient level of understanding, we would still examine him later on during that year if he makes another vow. Before the time of a year prior to the Barabbas Mitzvah, Afal Pisha Omru, even if they say, 
we know who we are making the vow for, who we are designating this item to the base HaMikdash, even if the young boy or girl show a significant level of understanding, if they are under the age of 12 or 11, in Jerem Neder, their vow would not be valid at all, and that which they are donating verbally to the Beis HaMikdash also would not be valid. After this time, meaning once they are Barabbas Mitzvah, even if they say that we don't understand who we are making the vow for and who we are donating the hectish for, even if we see that they don't have such a high degree of understanding, that won't even help. Once they've reached the age of Barabbas Mitzvah, their vow would be fully valid, and that which they donate to the Mikdash would be fully valid. It's only during this year, prior to them becoming Barabbas Mitzvah, where, that we have this middle stage where we would examine to see their level of understanding.